Today, in a part of the world that has helped spark three wars, tens of thousands of troops are patrolling the streets. They are Indian government forces in Indian-controlled Kashmir. And it's been four days since the Indian government changed the status of Kashmir, which is India's only Muslim-majority region. Up until this week, Kashmir had a large degree of autonomy. The government's decision has sparked protests over a long-disputed area claimed by both India and Pakistan, where fighting has killed tens of thousands of people over the last few decades. Today in Kashmir, the streets are empty. Soldiers enforce a strict military curfew. Hundreds have been arrested. Fear has driven many inside, and many others are trying to leave but are stuck with limited transport. The government made the situation worse. There are no arrangements for us to leave. Nor is there any arrangement for food. We have been lying here, hungry. In an unprecedented clampdown, India has blocked internet and phone in the primarily Muslim region. And today, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi called this, quote, the beginning of a new era. I and the whole nation have taken a historic decision, an arrangement in which our brothers and sisters from Jammu Kashmir and Ladakh had been deprived of their rights, which have been a great obstacle in their development has been removed as a result of all our effort. Well, it's been almost a year since Article 370 and 35A was revoked, an article that was acting as a bridge in between Jammu and Kashmir and rest of the India was revoked on August of 5th, 2019. Hey guys, I'm your host Muzumul Mukbol and I welcome you to another episode of Plain Talk with MMB. And on today's episode, we will talk about full year review after the abrogation of Article 370 and 35A. Just to remind you, this is the part A we are going to discuss with a firebrand journalist from Kashmir. He's a human rights activist and also a debater. He's also a philanthropist beyond our imaginations, Peer Vikarul Aslam. Let's welcome him. Thank you so much for being with me on Plain Talk. It's really an honor to have you on my show. Thank you. Thank you, Muzamil. It, it's an, indeed an honor for me to be part of this show. And I have heard, you know, and I have also witnessed, I've heard it. And I think it's one of the most extraordinary shows, I, I could say, True. that's happening from Kashmir. True. Uh, you know, unique, uh, so rare. And I hope other people are inspired by plain talk and we can see more of such content coming out from Kashmir uh, mm-hmm. because uh, you know this can change a lot of uh, things it can give a bro- broader and wider perspective of what is happening in Kashmir to the outer world absolutely absolutely uh, uh, my my first question is related to article 370 one year since abrogation of article 370 and 35a in the erstwhile state of jammu and kashmir Tell our listeners what have we lost in terms of Article 370 and especially in terms of 35A till now. You know, there is this narrow narrative building going on that it was a special status for Jammu and Kashmir, which is untrue. Mm-hmm. Actually, this was a special provision for the Indian constitution to, you know, have an extension in Jammu and Kashmir. Otherwise, as per the instrument of accession, you had only four things that could, that could be you know, governed by central government of India or the federal government of India. Okay. Otherwise, uh, other uh, uh, parts of the government or departments or, you know, sectors of the government could not be, you know, um, run by center directly. They they had to go through the, the JNK Legislative Assembly True. to extend other bills. 
related to like uh, communication, foreign affairs, defense. These were some of the provisions that could be, you know, under the instrument of accession. Because when we talk about governments or in a federal setup, only paperwork works. It, you cannot do anything except if it is not notified through a paper. So mm -hmm. in an instrument of accession, they could not have done that. So in 1953, they needed a different provision that, that came in shape of Article 370. And they, uh, through pre presidential order, needed to amend uh, the Indian Constitution and you know give scope to certain provisions uh, or extend the constitution of India in Jammu and Kashmir because Jammu and Kashmir had its own constitution. Absolutely. So two constitutions cannot work uh, simultaneously. So there was this special need, uh, a, a provision that was required by law, by, uh -huh. by constitution itself to, you know, uh, to have an extension to, to be able to, you know, extend bills to Jammu and Kashmir and amend JNK constitution or facilitate new laws which would not have happened uh, unless 370 would have been there or 35A precisely, which governs the season, uh, who, who, which tells us who is the season of Jammu and Kashmir, mm -hmm. what rights a person has. Uh, so, uh, so I would say that it's, it's, it's unfortunate that there is this narrative or rhetoric that Jammu and Kashmir has any special status. It doesn't. Uh, the history is wit history is witness to uh, Article 370 facilitating Indian government to implement new laws or extend Absolutely. union laws in Kashmir. Absolutely. So uh, this saying that we had any special status is not right. It was the Indian government that has a, that had a special provision in constitution to extend certain laws like PODA, TADA, uh -huh. PSA. These laws. Are not Indian constitution, uh, sorry, JNK constitution laws. These were, you know, brought by the in, the, the extension of Article 317 in, in in JNK's constitution. Absolutely, and and a lot of people are talking about Article 370, but somehow they are not stressing on the main article, which was here in you know, the 35A. Which we ha which we have lost from last one year. So, in layman's language, to understand our listeners, you know, what have we lo lost in terms of you know, 35A? If you could elaborate, please, on that. See, the first and foremost is the geographical change, mm -hmm. and the, the second are the political promises that were made at the time of instrument of accession when it was signed. There was certain, it was in, I mean, they only signed because there were certain political powers, uh, political promises made. The, the first and foremost was political autonomy, that Jammu and Kashmir's people or the elected government, which is a representative democracy, will define or decide for Jammu and Kashmir as a state. No external True. power or union would decide in our matters. True. No external power or union will define who is a citizen of Jammu and Kashmir or who is not. Absolute power will remain with the people of Kashmir to decide on matters, internal affairs of Kashmir. External affairs were defined by India, external policies, foreign policies, because of instrument of accession. They, were, they had to be defined or, you know, uh, governed or controlled by the Indian government. But internal affairs, internal matters, or uh, displacement of resources, natural resources or otherwise, uh -huh. it, was, it was in hands of Jammu and Kashmir uh, government, which is, you know, supposedly had to be elected. But 30, 30, I mean, we what we have lost is not just geographical change. We we also lost on ecological front. Like Absolutely. our resources can be used. Like recently, if you look at the power, uh, the electricity uh, charges that will be you know now newly imposed. It will be privatized as well. 
it will be privatized you 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 are manufacturing electricity but you are buying it at a higher cost true. now true that so we are not actually uh, gaining we're losing uh, one one of the reasons that they were able to do it what they did is they they went for the gst bill they implemented gst we were not supposed to be paying gst as per the earlier arrangements Absolutely. but once they once they dissolved uh, part of 35a which which helped us 35a restricted gst to be impl- implied in uh, or uh, implemented in jammu and kashmir so they they tested their waters and uh, they saw that there is a scope to you know go further and now we have been what we have been see- seeing is almost 100 billion dollars have been lost in trade and uh, a business in jammu and kashmir since abrogation Absolutely. of article 370 so instant implications and long term implications are to the peace if you look at uh, what has been the recent developments in Gal- galwan valley china has you know intruded into kashmir's territory jammu kashmir's territory that's ladakh uh, it is un- uninvited but it was invited by this move because uh, this is unilateral uh, move by india and you know it was india which took the matter to uh un and made Absolutely. it a bilateral issue with Absolutely. pakistan yeah. so when you are doing unilateral decisions uh then you will have implications from your neighbors they will come in absolutely and and i'm glad you you picked it up you know this was my next question so moving ahead to the galwan standoff now do you think this abrogation has created a third front like china openly claiming ladakh as their own territory not only this uh, if we will talk about the pla they have also moved their forces towards uttarakhand border as well not not just uttarakhand uh, as per my research other, other at, at, well. at seven uh, places they have intruded absolutely you know uh, they have also said it one of their defense analysts said it on a tv channel that because of a revocation of article 370 they had a justification to you know make this intrusion into the uh, jammu and kashmir territory saying that china was not part of this conundrum that is wrong because china was always there it had aksai chin it had fought uh, sino indian war and it was on our territory it was not uh, you know in any other place it was just here in kashmir which is part of kashmir which which was part of our map aksai chin so they were always part but they were the unofficial sort of unofficial uh, guests uh, who, who who were not uh, recognized or, or not still recognized but now the document that kept that kept them unofficial has been removed by india and now they are you know they, they they are aiming high they they want to be stakeholders now by intruding inside Absolutely. the territory this is after sino war in 1962 since then they have not done any major intrusions from this part which is galwan and it gets linked to oxai chin so some say it is because they, they have the cpac route from there but some say it is because they want to create that regional hegemony and you know contest uh, territories with india now Absolutely. physically rather on rhetoric or narratives or uh, you know uh, just uh, diplomatic pressures now they are going on full out war or you, you could say a mini war with india on on the on the territorial integrity like they are saying that okay this wasn't our territory mm-hmm. until you revoke 370 but once you revoke 370 we also revoke yes. all those treaties that were prior to 370 that were prior to abrogation of 370 because uh if you look at the recent ter- uh, treaties they had a lot of treaties with india in terms of bo- bro- bo- uh, uh border tranquility and border uh, peace they had a lot of those treaties i guess seven treaties were signed with india in recent past 
that maintained the uh, LAC line of actual control with India and China. Mm -hmm. But now, because of abrogation of 370, there has been a geographical implication because India unilaterally claims, contests China's uh, held territories also. And uh, there were some remarks made by Indian diplomats or Indian politicians that they will go for POK. Mm -hmm. So if you look at POK, there is also one territory that Pakistan has, you know, given uh, control to China on that That's territory, right. mm -hmm. uh, part of part of uh, northern part of Ladakh, which is uh, being contested. It's beyond Galwan, which was given, uh, I guess, 15% of the land is with China that has been given by 10% or something has been given by Pakistan to China to control it. So when you say that you you claim all those territories mm -hmm. that are with Pakistan, that are with China, you are inviting them for trouble. Absolutely. Because, because until now, you had not made that claim because uh, Article 370 or 35A maintained that this is a disputed territory. There is a re resolution in UN that needs to be implemented once that is implemented. Now, what happens is people are failing to understand a very key point here. Uh -huh. When you get Indian citizens that are Indian domicile holders to Jammu and Kashmir and give them equal rights or citizenship here, the future referendum, which is now not possible in, in this situation, which India openly rejects by abrogating 370, but let's suppose even now if UN resolution is implemented, mm -hmm. you have changed the seasons now, Absolutely. you have changed, changed the referendum dynamics. Now your people will be voting and then you know the results cannot be sorted because until now Article 370 restricted only Jammu and Kashmir people could have True. voted in the referendum True. True. across the border or this side. Absolutely. Similarly, in Pakistan, they have done this with, they have created this because of CPAC, they have made Gilgit a province, which has also changed it. But they have not given, they have not taken out, they, they are not adding up uh, possibly, they are not giving domicile rights to other people in Gilgit. They have not, yes. But here, in, in the part that is controlled by India, they are giving domicile certificates to non-locals just True. because they stayed here for some time. So that may, that means the future possibility of everlasting peace is gone because now UN will not be able to hold resolution here, referendum here. They, they will not be able to implement that referendum here in, in, in the part that's controlled by India because now there is a mixed population. There are mm -hmm. settlers coming in. It's sort of, uh, I mean, we can use the word settlers, who have equal rights in, in, I mean, they can vote here in, in normal elections. They can also vote in any possible referendum in future. And sure. that will alter the result. That will not be a true result in future. So what can happen is because there was only one possibility that we saw is that UN resolution, even the separatist mainstream leaders have been, you know, who are being vocal or have been, um, you know, aiming or have been mm -hmm. asking or demanding for that resolution. If you look at a lot of leaders have, you know, made their parties just because of this uh, bilateral agreement between India and Pakistan in UN, they had been saying that these people should talk because they, they have this resolution in UN. But now that resolution seems to fall out. It seems to be not happening. And then what can happen? These are two nuclear states. There, there is no other possible solution. Musharraf came up, came up with four points that, that, yes. that also didn't work. It was rejected uh, by a lot of people. 
though it had a greater acceptance because of Vajpayee as well. Uh-huh. But you see, if you see that there is no possible, you know, outcome of all these uh on ground situ- the on ground situation says that there is no possible outcome the only possible outcome was un uh-huh. but now because of this bilateral decision un is in the trash un resolution has been trashed absolutely so it has a very huge implication on future peace absolutely and and i and, and how do you see this political move you talked about domicile uh, certificates around 4 lakh domicile certificates were issued in one month so keeping that pace in mind i think in next four years you know there will be a lot of people who will be settling down in jammu and kashmir especially see, you, you, you have to see jammu jammu and kashmir is not an industrial um, setup it's not an industrial setup that it is capable of holding so many people it is not. coming in yes yeah uh, the influx of too many people cannot be handled by it will just break down the system we will not be able you are not able to give basic rights to people who have been living here from last 70 years True. what will you do to people like you don't have a basic facility like 4g in 21st century okay. for the people who have been living here for 70 years so if you are i i i think they are bringing sacrificial lambs uh-huh. who who will regret coming here or who will regret getting these domains of certificates because this is just paper there are no amenities no facilities no setup no infrastructure for up you know holding such a large population you 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 giving you giving away these you know these are papers mm-hmm. this is not going to really do anything on ground and it will affect jammu it will not have affect kashmir that much yes. because no one is going to come to kashmir you, even if i give you a villa in syria right now you wouldn't just go and say yeah yeah vikar i'm uh, i'm going to take it up you'll not mm-hmm. take it up so what i'm saying is don't don't make these people sacrificial lambs uh, and send them to kashmir or for for just bjp's narrative that they are there they have integrated uh-huh. kashmir with india force integration will not help if you are a de- you, 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 if you are a democracy you cannot act like a dictatorship Absolutely. they cannot you know, I, i have always maintained that the will of the people has not been ascertained because rest of the india is supposedly a democracy you cannot run a dictatorship here it will implode once people you know once you will you will see once uh, people are still absorbing this all people are not able to understand what has happened it it, it happened so quickly and in such a restrictive manner that a lot of people have not you know they they have not taken the shock yet they are still in that shock and they're still trying to That's understand true. what has true. been done true. so the the response has not come up Uh, you know you have not had a response from people once that response is out you will see that uh, all these policies will fail because people have not yet told you if they they are welcoming these people if this is okay to give you know make make kashmiri people secondary citizens and make mm-hmm. someone else a primary citizen of our, our land so you know degrading a state to union territory and then claiming it a victory is is a false uh, flag <laughs> you understand it's not going True. to it's a red flag it's not going to uh, you know it's not going to do anything on ground Absolutely. if it would have where is the development there were pro- promises of development they're not able to do development here on on ground at all there has not been an inch that has been developed True. rather they should compensate for what plunder they have done True. our traders are you know uh yes that's what trade. that's what i'm going to talk about so mm-hmm. uh i i i have a data here with me from august of 2019 kashmir has seen more than 3.5 billion dollar losses and that figure may or may not 
include the losses you know, we have seen since the lockdown due to COVID-19 crisis. How deep you see this affecting a common Kashmiri on the ground? I think we, we have to see through it. It's a strategy right now. It's, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not just, uh, it's not coaccidental. Nothing is coaccidental in Kashmir. It is planned. It is pre-planned by the right-wing government to make Kashmiris dependent on the federal union to mm-hmm. accept the unilateral move. You know, because they, they couldn't politically make us agree. People politically rejected it, even if people are not with mainstream that much here. But even the mainstream, the people who were, you know, uh, known to be Indians, proper Indians, even they rejected this move, right? Because it was just one political party. It was in their agenda. Other political parties opposed it. So even the mainstream in Kashmir opposed it, right? Right. Uh, so... Now, the Indian government made a strategy like how to make the people bend uh, and, you know, make the people budge and listen to their diktats. So they, they came up with an economical, uh, you know, uh, the structural plan to make sure that people are dependent and, you know, agree to their terms. And uh, that's how it is happening right now. Absolutely. Unfortunately, there is so much unemployment that youth are forced to get these domicile rights uh, certificates and you know sign up for them if you look at the earlier data it was more of uh, jammu people signing up kashmir did Absolutely. not just 400 or 800 certificates but now even kashmir because they have made it a clause in the um, uh, uh, recruitment yeah, policy the that if, you, if, if yeah if you don't have this you will not get a job absolutely so people have to sign up in 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 other ways so these strategies where they are saying if you if you need something you need uh-huh. to first compromise so there will be political compromises you have seen a lot of parties asking for statehood not asking for special status or article 370 already has be- begun because there has been a term if if you don't follow our terms then you know we'll we'll just put you uh, back in jail or we'll will not will not bring you back in mainstream we'll keep you away from power so political parties are you know hungry for power they do anything so now they're all saying what bjp is saying yes we'll you know amit shah said we'll give you statehood back so it shouldn't even be our demand but Absolutely. if you, if you look at if you look at all these politicians now they're asking for statehood yes. statehood is not even a question state even if if they give us the statehood back domicile certificate will stay domicile law will stay it will stay absolutely it will it's stay. not going yeah or uh, uh, you know, Delhi will have, uh, Delhi has and will have a strong hold on Kashmir or decisions that will come out from Kashmir when True. we don't have uh, Article 370 or similar and provisions. There were acts, and there were changes in the acts as well. You know, state, 30 state acts were changed recently. So there will be completely hold you know, at, at the center. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. What, you, when Once your political autonomy is gone, your other... Uh, autonomies or you know liberties are also true, gone true 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 yeah yeah uh Pivakar, my last question would be in in next two or three days we'll be completing one year of abrogation of article 370 and 35a as a common kashmiri what do you see the way forward is for the entire uh, jammu and kashmir see muzammil i have uh, told you earlier as well this, there is a nuclear catastrophe Mm-hmm. In, in place that can happen anytime. Like 
it's not like uh, you 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 have non-nuclear powers con- confronting on daily basis absolutely you have border incursions or border uh, rifts between two mighty powers in southeast asia these are nuclear states and it can escalate any time last year mm-hmm. uh, i mean if you would have seen when that happened those surgical strikes and pulwama episode we were on a brink of war sure. within days and it could have imploded and you know exploded in different ways and there could have been all out war and possibly could have wiped i mean half of the world with it True. so these two countries have to be very serious about jammu and kashmir we are not a football game we are people that are constantly suffering dying and you know uh getting killed maimed blinded uh you know having going into the deep alleys of poverty and you know this this has to be taken seriously and these governments have to look at it with a human angle rather than just looking at the territory Absolutely. should also look at the people that reside here and you know uh recognize the aspirations and will of people as well and give us the right to decide our future i think both countries lack democracy either both of these countries are either run by dictators mm-hmm. or by military setups they have to you know come on table like sincere decent uh, governments mm-hmm. resolve this dispute and once for all like um, stop stop this hypocrisy and you know bigotry and seriously make attempts to resolve this issue if you look at uh, kashmir the people still respect mr vajpayee because he was one of those leaders who really True. wanted to resolve despite being from bjp a right wing still people respect that man because he was very serious about this so uh, i think there is lack of sincerity and seriousness in these governments first they have to restore democracies within their governments within their within their countries beat india or pakistan true democracies have to emerge from these two countries then i think the this problem will get resolved if they if they are not able to sit down and talk it out then you know destruction that's all i see that's Absolutely. all i see. i i totally agree with you and i hope that you know we we may lead for a better and peaceful tomorrow if at all these two com- you know countries sit on one table and resolve jammu and kashmir and and and, well. and muzammil the most important thing is they have both never recognized the third stakeholder and True. the major stakeholder of this problem that is the people of kashmir absolutely my last uh, point here would be on your show and i hope those people who listen to your podcast understand this that kashmir is a trilateral dispute it's not a bilateral, bilateral. dispute absolutely we kashmiris are equal part of this dispute unfortunately neither the un or the international community ever recognized it and in un you just have a bilateral treaty you mean resolution between pakistan and india Absolutely. it ne- it has never mentioned the people of kashmir who are the real sufferers of of this dispute so it is a disputed territory but we kashmiris are the people who should resolve this mm-hmm. who should decide the future not the governments they should facilitate the talks but they should implement what kashmiris want not what these two governments want there is a huge difference between what is being explored right now that's why there is not a resolution because people of kashmir have never been on board with these governments neither that government neither this government we have never been asked 
Article 370 was revoked. Not a single Kashmiri was ever asked, "What do you do? You really want this to happen?" So True. this is unconstitutional. This is undemocratic. It's not democratic at all. The world needs to understand that whatever is happening in Kashmir, whatever has happened in Kashmir, was not democratic. So if the world supports India, it should first know if India is democratically doing things in Kashmir. Absolutely, absolutely, and, yeah. to- and I totally agree with you. This is a trilateral issue. Birbikar, thank you so much for your time, and we hope to see you soon on Plain Talk again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Muslim. Thank you. Bye. All right, guys, that's all from today's episode. We will be back with another one soon. And hey, you can also support my podcast by logging on to patreon.com forward slash MMP. Thank you so much, and you have a great time ahead. This is your host, Muslim Mupu, signing off from Play Talk.